Hi everyone, it's your host, Ron Knight, here on the Writer's Block, and today, a past chat with Arthur Hull, author of Drum Circle Spirit on White Cliffs Media, Drum Circle Facilitation, Building Community, published by Village Music Circles. Excerpts taken from an earlier broadcast, 2003, on Sirius Satellite Radio, prior to the merger that created contemporary Sirius XM. Originally broadcast at a time prior to the pandemic, when community gathering for community events was a simpler, easier time. Arthur Hull and Village Music Circles. Dick, 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 pow! <laughs> now, you say Village Music Circles, but what we represent is... Um, a non-professional hand drumming community from everywhere. There's a lot of people here that don't know the other people in the room. So in other words, this isn't the regular group, Village Music Circles, that you travel and tour with whenever you go from city to city. Okay. All right. The group Th these are I not the village people. No, no. Uh, well, actually, they are. And we're very <laughs> close to the village, so that'll work. But in actuality, the group that I travel with is me. That's it. I show up somewhere. It's a very low laundry bill. Yeah, I guess. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 you know the, the airplane fares are really cheap. Um, and then everyone shows up and we play. It's an in the moment music orchestra made up by community. It's not like an entertainment thing where we're up on stage and people are watching us. We are the community. We come together. We we get in a circle just like this. Doesn't matter if there's twenty of us or two thousand of us. And then we listen to each other. And we play together. Isn't that neat? For those of you who don't know, Arthur Hull is recognized as the father of the community drum circle movement. He's basically been doing this for quite some time. And for those of you who also would know, it says here, Arthur is the 2001 Infinity Foundation Spirit Award recipient. He's the 2000 Drum Magazine's Drummy Award for the Best Drum Circle Facilitator. In 1998, also Drum Magazine's Drummy Award for the Best World Beat New Age Percussionist of the Year. And then, of, of course, uh, 1994, All One Tribe Foundation's Drumming Education Award. He's also a very significant educator in the drum circle movement and world percussion genre. Maybe you can kind of tell us, what is a drum circle? Well, a modern drum circle, as we know it, uh, owes everything to its ancestors. Its ancestors are the universal principles of rhythmicultures all over the world. This is not Africa drumming. You know, it's not Polynesian drumming. It's not uh, Malaysian. It's not Taiko. It's not, but it's, it's very American. But what we're looking at when we're looking around the room is drums and percussion that in actuality came from or at least represent all of the cultures that we just mentioned and a bunch more. We take the spirit of our own life in rhythm. Channel it through whatever instrument we have in front of us. I don't care if it's two pieces of pipe or a fancy $600 drum and merge it with everyone else and make music. So the culture that, we're, that we are is the culture that we are. We're not here to represent Africa or anything else, but we do owe our allegiance, our, our love to the source of all the rhythmicultures that exist everywhere else on the planet except in Europe and America. Uh-huh. And I suppose we could at some point get into a discussion as to why that kind of is, is yeah. a carve-out of the mix. If you have two hours, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
Is this something that somebody has to be a master musician or a, a drummer to participate in something like this? Well, this is what we're trying to uh, erase in our culture, is the fact that we think that we are, as a culture, rhythmically challenged. What I do around the country and what I do around the planet is facilitate family-friendly, recreational, rhythm-based events. Got it? Uh -huh. Grandma and Grandpa, we just did the, the bumper shoot in Seattle. Myself and a few other facilitators, we all got together. I host the project. Bumper shoot is a, um, an arts festival. We bring 300 drums into that arts festival. Get underneath the tent and facilitate nine circles a day for four days. Now, wow. do the math. That's a lot of circles. It's mom, dad, grandma, and grandpa. They come by. They hear, feel the massage of the rhythm a quarter mile away. It draws them to that. They think they're going to be entertained. And then what they do is they get handed a drum and invited in to participate. Mm. So we're doing basic rhythmical evangelism. Wow. So would you say that the family who drums together, uh, well, plays together, plays Bada boom, together. cha. Yeah, yeah. Everybody? Bada, Bada boom, boom, cha. Okay, yeah. yeah. So then obviously they, they are encaptured or enraptured or are drawn into what we will call, for the sake of anything else, this thing called a, a drum circle spirit, if you will? Mm -hmm. uh, let's say um, community drum circle or recreational drum circle. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, um, everyone with hand percussion, ready and rumble. Okay, stop. Notice there were no drums. Okay. It's not just a drum circle, it's an instrument circle. And mm. what happens is that when you put all these percussion, timbres, bells, shakers, woods, as well as the membrane instruments uh, called the drums, but many different pitches, such as low pitch, ready, go. Good enough. Medium pitch, go. High pitch, go. And stop. Good. All of a sudden, you have an orchestra. Now, it's mom, dads, and kids at the beginning of a, 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 a anybody's welcome community event, and it starts out as noisy joy, okay? But slowly but surely, our, our jobs as facilitators is not to be fearless leaders, but give them the experience they need to educate them about how to listen to each other and how to play together. And by the end of the program, you're actually making dialogue music with dynamics, but you're using percussion instruments, which is the most accessible instrument in the world. We are basically, as facilitators, rhythmical evangelists. Mm. And uh, the father of the community drum circle, Mickey Hart, gave me that title. I <laughs> Really, basically, I'm a midwife. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I've been traveling all around the, you know, the, the planet, and I'm doing right. Basically, today, I fly to London, and I go do a training in London on teaching people how to facilitate rhythm-based events, and I'll be doing one in Scandinavia and one in Germany. In other words, I'm doing now in Europe what I've been doing in the United States for the last 15 years. And it's, you know, I don't go around fathering drum circles, but I support, uh, mentor, and help those people who have the same kind of disease that I do, <laughs> it's called um, percussionitis. Yes, okay. Okay, and they need people to play with, so they create those people, not professional musicians, mm -hmm. but just people. Why percussion in particular, Arthur? I mean, it seems to me that if we, would we call this kind of a grassroots operation? If anybody can pick up a drum and play it, is this kind of the fact that maybe there's no other uh, performance, quote-unquote, challenge with something that might be more musically, melodically 
um, you know, other types of instruments that maybe require a little bit more focus, more study, sort musical discipline or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, my answer that to that would be, um, ding. So it's a grassroots movement. Uh, just look, um, half the people that come to my how to facilitate rhythm-based event trainings, okay, are not drummers. They're school teachers. They're priests. They're, they're ministers. They're kids at risk counselors. They're psychotherapists. They're orf teachers. They're music therapists. They're people who are using drums, percussion, rhythm as a tool inside a community that they're already serving. What you're seeing is the tip of the iceberg. What you're representing, what we're representing here in this circle is the tip of the iceberg, and that's the community drum circle events that are popping up all over the United States and Europe that are accessible to community. But in actuality, the majority of the people that are learning how to facilitate rhythm-based events are taking this tool for unity into their particular part and piece of the community. In our training that we did in Hawaii, we do once uh, uh, once a year. Yeah, gee, it's a tough place to work. Um, um, Hawaii, yeah, that yeah. would be horrible. I, Let's I see. don't think I would be able to stand that too much. Six people from, um, six people from China, three people from Japan, somebody from uh, Uruguay, someone from uh, Guatemala. Uh, 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 Europe was well represented. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the people, the, the person from Hong Kong, was the chief of police for the training department in the police department in Hong Kong, and he came to learn how to facilitate rhythm-based events, so he mm-hmm. takes it back there and builds a team. So there seems to be various types of drum circles, aren't there? Or, or, I mean, there are various places you might find a drum circle in, in action? Right. Basically, I've just started describing some of the places that you're going to find them. And, and as you can tell, that these drum circles are used for specific purposes. Mm-hmm. So it's really, right now, we're, we're, it is a grassroots movement. We are birthing ourselves. We are rediscovering, uncovering, and, and, and uh, exploring our rhythmical sensibility as a culture and learning how to bring rhythmic culture back into um, a culture that never really had it. Mm. Okay? And it's interesting because it sounds, only because you know, I do some of the world music programming here, it certainly sounds like some of the other, or many of the other world cultures and their streams of rhythms as we would regard them, are actually kind of making themselves apparent in this overall blend that's emerging right here. Like I said, source. Mm-hmm. We, we, we owe our allegiance and, and where we're coming from and what we're doing back to those cultures that use rhythm as an everyday part of celebrating life. Uh, in Africa, you do not drum unless you dance, unless you sing. And you usually don't drum, dance, or sing unless you have a purpose. Everything has a purpose. So you're drumming for ceremonies of some sort. You're doing uh, um, um, harvest, uh, drumming for harvesting or planting or you, you marriage so, or Some death. ritual, some you, ritual. You name yeah. it. And basically here in the United States, in the trainings, I start doing demographics in the circle. And I go, all right, how many people have drummed for a wedding? And some people giggle and six people stand up. How many people have drummed for a wake or a morning or, um, and three or four people have st- stood up? How many people have, have drummed for someone who was dying this year? Mm. And a bunch of people stood up. I want to make a note of that too because it seems like your mission is to really go to the, um, the populist 
you know, incarnation of, of people making recreational music together and, and along the way having a variety of team building or, shall we say, awareness, sociological consciousness a- applications. None of this is rehearsed or no. scored. This is happening in the moment. This is so in wa- the moment music. We're watching a facilitator, in this okay. case Arthur, in the center okay. of the group, who's basically giving everybody very specific cues and gestures. And this is very orchestrated improvisational music. Uh, I am an orchestrational director rather than fearless leader or dictator. Uh, And I'm taking the energy and the beauty of everyone's contribution and helping us mold it in such a way that we end up manifesting our highest musical potential as a group. Bottom line, mm. and it's all in the moment, and that's what the—that's where the magic is. It's kind of like taking the best of the elements that are apparent, and rather than trying to create something and rearrange it because maybe you've got a better idea, you take yeah. the best of what's there and orchestrate it into its fi- most finely tuned machine and showcase it. Ready? Here we go. Wood. Ah, there's our clock. Hmm? Not a, not bad. Now, see that's a. Uh, scissors it cuts through time so now we're going to add the paper rocks paper scissors paper is the shakers because it fills up the space around and in between these notes paper shakers come on in and it's really about listening to supporting each other uh, and sharing our rhythmical spirit and most of us actually were brought up thinking that we were rhythmically challenged we were told to shut up and act our age quit making that noise or women were uh, supposed to be seen not heard or you were put in the dumb section of the chorus and asked Mm. to whisper Mm. or you have been taught under the most repressive music teaching system that ever existed on the planet, which May told you that you never wanted to touch that a violin again. Ever, ever, ever again. Right. And yeah. otherwise, if you had any musical uh, prowess, you were supposed to like pick up that brass instrument and go into the marching band because the marching band played with the football team, and the football team could actually go out to do a conquest against the other school. Right. And then eventually we would train you to go into the military well, or, 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 right. or when, an office building. You've touched <laughs> the essence of what it is because when we lost our rhythm, us Europeans, right? Yes. We, we lost our rhythm during a, a period of time called Inquisition, mm. 16th century. Mm-hmm. And there was a, 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 the, the first of the original McCarthyism was happening back then under the disguise of religious zealots. And people were being um, burned at the stake, uh, put in prison and drowned uh, to the tune of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people per country, from Spain to Germany, into Russia, down into Italy. Uh, unless you acted a certain way. And so basically we wiped out a lot of our cultures in Europe at that time. And from that time on, any culture that came out of that used drumming for wars and, of course, funerals. Mm -hmm. And and one other thing I might say, wasn't it kind of true that during the movement of uh, some societies into other continents, because somebody was saying, hey, if we come in with a boat and get you guys off this piece of the rock and move you across the ocean where you can uh, be sold as, you know, slave labor, a lot of the indigenous people weren't allowed to bring their drums, which were really then when they had to fabricate their own, their own, be it congas or what have you. I mean, this is really a method of communication for them to be able to at least kind of speak in some sort of a code. And weren't the people that were kind of shipping human beings around kind of saying, hey, stop that code, 
I mean, is there any truth in that to um, some degree? What? You got two more hours? Yeah. Read my book. Uh-huh. All right. What you've done is, is synopsed uh, the reality of uh, bringing people uh, over from um, a, a one culture and try to use them as workhorses and slaves. And, and uh, in all of the third world countries, not just in Cuba, but Cuba is a good example of what's happening here in the United States, actually. Um, um, they were property. And so... Economic they, exchanged goods, right? And yes. so they, uh, and also they did not. They didn't. And you see, rhythm is the mother tongue. These people were from at least three basic cultures and didn't speak the same language, but they spoke the same language when they drummed. Mm. And when they drummed, they made a spirit connection that was above and beyond what the colonialists wanted them to make. But at, for a certain period of time, they weren't able to cut down trees to make drums. They had to make do, and what they made do with was barrels and stays. And that's where you get the Afro-Cuban conga from. It's not African. It's definitely Cuban. But here's the deal. You take these cultures, and you mix them together on one little island, and you get Spanish influence, right? You get... Yorba influence uh, from Nigeria. You, you get the Senegambia influence, the Bambaras and the Wolofs, and the Congolese in- influence mixed in with Native Americans still on the island. And you get the Wawanko, the Afro-Cuban music. You mm-hmm. get a rhythmic culture that reinvented itself and recreated itself and made it its own, its own thing. Ah. And, and that's like people say with drumming, it suits the need of whoever is doing the drumming because like water it will flow wherever it needs to go for that individual you might say that it kind of did this ding ding so it it kind of also would have happened on a sociological level rather than just on the individual psychological level absolutely it It is a common denominator Um, first of all let me touch on the water thing Um, people come together and they drum together they're actually creating a vibration that vibration uh, we are mostly water that vibration goes to whatever place is the most uptight, okay, in ourselves, in our hearts, in our emotions, in our bodies, in our beings, in our souls, you name it. And it releases that for a moment. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to think about your rent. You don't have to be mad at whoever you're mad at. You, all you have to do is be there. <sighs> and you get massaged. Now, there's that aspect of it that brings, whether you're conscious of it or not, brings people together to celebrate that kind of... That, um, we call it rhythm church, even yeah. though it's not, quote, spiritual. Well, I would say that in the beginning and all the way along the way, that was probably one of the fundamental reasons people went to church, was it? Not just for that sense of <clears throat> healing. Uh, as they, Thank you yeah. for <clears throat> that word. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, in a way, that's what's kind of really going on here when people come back into taking an active... I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. They're taking an active participation in the creation of that musicality or that flow that I guess you'd call it that spirit that's really happening right and by participating in that they can connect with it ding that you know I'm careful about the word healing Um, I'm 57 years old I've been drumming for um, 58 years my poor mother and um, um, I've seen some miraculous things happen and I got thousands of stories but um, uh, the only place where we can actually say here this is scientific proof is Dr. Barry Bittman's work, who's been working with cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And uh, under certain protocols with group drumming can increase 
uh, and strengthen the immune system in your body. You literally take a test. You pull out some blood and measure it. You sit down. You drum with a bunch of people under a certain protocol run by the doctor. And then you take more blood out after it. And you have more killer mm -hmm. T cells in your body than you had before you started drumming. And we did all kinds of blind tests from meditation, relaxation tapes, and everything else. And didn't get this kind of result. And for cancer patients... That's pretty amazing stuff. You bet. Now, there's also another doctor who's written a, a, a formidable book. I thought he was actually going to be joining us today. He's here. He is. Yes. Where yes. is he? Yes. Mr. Hi. Robert Friedman. Dr. Robert Friedman is here. Hi. I didn't get a chance to say hello to you, but it's good to see you. Hi. And this is Dr. Robert Friedman, who is a uh, qualified uh, practice practitioner <laughs> I of like medicine. That. Let's throw in the mic for a second. And can we? Can we do that? You want to come on over and step up to the mic? Because Robert Friedman is also the author of a book, The Healing Power of the Drum. And is it not a psychoanalyst's perspective or is it a doctor's perspective? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? Careful. Body it position. It was a uh, psychotherapeutic uh, perspective, uh, focusing on the use of drum in particular, particularly with, in terms of uh, what Arthur was talking about uh, with water, in terms of release and how the drum helps to release things like stress, anger, negative emotions, um, and, and he's correct. There is really only one clinical research done by Dr. Bittman, but there are scores of, of uh, anecdotal information of, of individuals who have experienced this, this release into really joy from anger or stress. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I may, Dr. Barry Bittman's work has actually uncovered on a blood level, a molecular level, things like the increase in the killer cells, which have actually been shown to be beneficial in reducing cancer. And uh, your work has actually had a little bit of research compiled from benefits to Alzheimer's patients, Parkinson's, a couple of other uh, various conditions as well. Am I, am I not mistaken? Actually, uh, the, it, it wasn't research. Uh, actually, it started with, uh, doc, with uh, Barry Bernstein, who worked with uh, Alzheimer's patients and found that Alzheimer's patients, when they drummed, were able to uh, develop greater concentration. Let's say 30 seconds to a minute without drumming, and then 30 minutes with drumming. And they, what, they, what they found was that, what they believed was, was that rhythm was processed throughout the brain. And with Alzheimer's patients, what it does is it affects the, uh, the, cere uh, the cerebellum, mm -hmm. actually the cerebral cortex, right, the higher level of the brain and they believe that rhythm was processed in the cerebellum or the lower portion of the brain so that Alzheimer's patients were able to drum and interact with their, with their family and friends uh, through drumming where they couldn't do it with, uh, with any other uh, vehicle. With any other stimulus. That's right. interesting. Wow, that's great. So it really does have a lot of power and they're actually able to test this. And is this probably a reason now why we're seeing more drum circles in, shall we say, medical environments? or Ding. We're seeing it in schools, community Ding. centers. We're seeing it in nursing homes. Ding. We're seeing it in where? Of course, corporate work as well. Double ding. Double ding, team building, right? We can get into that later. Yeah, we could. Spiritual centers, of course. And then, of course, just uh, the hippies under the bridge have been doing it for a while, too. Right, Arthur? Duh. Duh. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Robert, I'm glad that you're here today, and thank you ever so much for joining us much. in this wonderful circle and, for, and to help share in this. That's great. Thank you, Robert. Here's, here's the deal. Okay, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious in the corporate environment. Um, because it's obvious in the corporate environment. We have hierarchies. I love, mm. I do, half of the work I do is inside the corporate environment. And, and, uh, and any excuse will do. Team building, unity through diversity, give me an excuse. I've got the metaphors, but it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. We ship a bunch of drums to a meeting or a conference, the largest 
corporate group we've done is 6,000 Silicon Graphics employees at once. That was fun. That was a huge circle, that I was, bet. Well, it wasn't a circle. I think. It's a little big for a circle. <laughs> That's a mob. Yeah. But nonetheless, we've got this, we've got this um, what I call a physiology of separateness. It's in our bodies. As human beings, we make judgments about people that we see and our relationship with them and all that kind of stuff. In a community environment, you come in, you sit down, and you play, and, and, uh, and it doesn't even matter. Um, you're an individual. By the time you've been drumming for 10 minutes, you're now part of a group. And that physiology that separated you from the people around you is starting to melt. In the corporate world, that physiology of separateness is also with inside the job description. So I love oh, I'll bet to you get do. Yeah. Uh, um, a group of people that are all like the president standing next to the vice president, standing next to the janitor, standing next to the midline person, standing next to the administrative assistant, standing next to, and they've all, they're wearing their corporate physiology. And I physically watch this physiology melt within five minutes of them as a group beginning to play together. Mm. It melts the physiology of separateness. It's just one of the things, okay, that drumming together as a group can do, whether you know, know the person next to you or not. And, and what I think statistically happens as a, re, as a result of that is that the performance of these corporations actually gets increased because uh, some of those things that divide us are all of a sudden taken away and people learn how to work better with their associates and their colleagues, right? It better. They wouldn't pay me the bucks they pay yeah. me to come in and, and do metaphorical implantation, right. okay, by doing drum circles and, and uh, coming up with the metaphors that apply to, you know, look. Here we are, a group of people. We've never seen each other before. Each one of us is good at what we do on some level. Okay? My job is to empower these people to the best of their abilities, to let them feel safe and comfortable, uh, and let them know that uh, I'm here to empower their sharing. They're going to add value to what this project is. And this is a representation of team building. Everyone is no more no less important than anyone else on this team to, to make this project work, hmm. okay? And we're all the elements that make a drum circle successful, the listening, uh, a cooperation rather than competition, uh, dialogue, okay? Uh, all this kind of stuff, all these elements that you would identify within a corporation are functioning within this in-the-moment musical, rhythmical expression of human spirit. Everybody feels like they're also heard and perhaps getting their own active participation into the creation of what's happening. Ding! Rather than perhaps feeling stifled or not expressing themselves in a productive way. It's about ownership and yeah. everybody has a piece of the ownership of that project. guest today, Arthur Hull, and uh, winner again of many, many awards from Drum Magazine as the Drummy, 
best drum circle facilitator and training, certainly, in his drumcircle.com and village music circles facilitator training operation. The result is the beautiful music that comes out of it. Even though some of it's a little noisy, <sighs> it's sure a lot of fun. Thank you for having us oh, on your you're show. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you again, Arthur Hole and Village Music Circles today. Thank you all very much for joining me here today. Hello. Hello.